Hey guys, today's episode is very special to me because it's all about the one thing that I get questioned on the most. It's what do you eat? Do you eat? Do you not eat? Why do you not eat? Do you starve yourself to look the way you look like? And I've heard um, incredible comments about me behind my back, obviously. <laughs> I'm laughing because you don't really get to hear these things on your face. You're going to hear people say them behind your back. Oh, she she looks that way because she starves herself. Don't you know she eats nothing? And albeit there might be or there might have been some truth to these statements some point some lifetime ago and that's okay so with much ado let's delve into the topic today it's literally all about food and why is this important because food will determine and dictate every element of your being i don't need to say this but we all know the macronutrients the micronutrients that make up everything from your hair to your skin to your muscle to your bone health every single thing but what you probably don't know is that certain food groups and certain macronutrients help work differently than others and they will provide different nutritional properties to various parts of your body that others don't for example fats insulate your nerve cells and you could have stronger faster nerve function taking the right fats so so many things like that but i'm not here to give you the fats on food i'm simply going to talk about what works for me and most importantly what should work for anybody living in the south asian belt food is entirely geographic people may not know this and i didn't know this myself that food is more than just where you belong from throughout my life i never had a problem with food um minus my extremely chubby <laughs> childhood photos when i was 3 or you know 4 years old and i have no memory of them I've only seen the pictures and I've only felt bad for whoever had to pick me up. So it was kind of on the chubby side. But I don't know how and where and when that chubby baby fat was lost. I really have no idea. No clue, no memory of it. But growing up, I was pretty much your average kid, but on the lean side, um not on the chubby or the healthy side or even the overweight side. I was very lean growing up. not skinny either just lean and healthy um however i remember growing up entirely on organic home cooked food um my parents had a very strict policy of eating outside of course my dad loved to indulge but my mom was strict and she did make sure that mcdonald's came in no more than once a week or twice a month or thrice a month maximum that was it there was no mcdonald's every other day thing even though where i was going to school was literally right next to mcdonald's mcdonald's and my school were neighbors 
So everybody who's gone to the school that I'm talking about, you know when you heard this podcast, you know exactly what school I'm talking about. All of you girls, because yes, I went to an all-girls school. Um, and in Lahore, where I'm from, so McDonald's was right around the corner. So every time you had to, you know, plan a birthday, a party, a get-together, a hangout, post-school, preschool, whatever, you went to McDonald's. And there was no preschool McDonald's back then because McDonald's would be open uh, fairly late, 12, 1, 2, not the way it is now, 24 hours, nothing like that going on back then. But, and it was, it was difficult to fight that urge to see McDonald's every day and knowing that, okay, you know, I don't have time for McDonald's today. It's not my McDonald's. I'm talking about grade 4, 3. Because that's when McDonald's attracts you probably the most. Actually, it attracts me even now just as much. If something is attractive, it's that yellow, golden M logo that is globally in our heads at this point. So, yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't grow up in McDonald's or KFC. This was occasional for me, and that's what it all... Pizza Hut as well. Because back then, I think the fast food culture in Lahore, which is an urban city of Pakistan was not on this level the way it is now where we go every other day to a new uh, food joint or food place that's opened up and experienced some culinary art. Back then, it was purely the influx of 90s consumerism in Pakistan, Stemian, that we saw in the 2000s properly bulge out where we're eating McDonald's, KFC, Pizza Hut. That's what I remember, at least. And then there were a few, very few... Um, local places that were in the middle of fast food to fine dining and then eventually they entirely shuffled to fine dining which is obviously fairly normal at this point but the point of this conversation is that my natural ability to sort of crave fast food was not on on the same level as the average kid I remember um, growing up with you know kids in school and they would be spending their money on coke everybody had to buy an RC Cola, shout out to whoever remembers, but it was properly a soft drink. So getting soft drinks was just like so normal with food, but for me, because in my house there was no soft drink culture, my mom, yeah, I, I hope she hears one day and is proud of me for sharing this with the whole wide world, because at this point, obviously, I am equally proud of her for doing that to me, because I didn't develop a natural desire for a carbonated drink with my food for me it was water or juice and that was fine and if there wasn't any i was okay with that too which is i've entirely lost this habit now i don't have it anymore because now i do have uh, fairly unhealthy ab- habits of having um diet soda or sometimes an entire 1.5 liter bottle of fanta yeah i don't know how that happens but it does happen I am guilty of it, and uh, I think it's it's. I'm, I feel very vulnerable sharing my big secret with the whole wide world, <laughs> but people who know me know that can happen. Where I will sip a Fanta bottle in the morning, and by the end of the day, it'll be over. What that one point five liter bottle will be gone for that particular day. I'm gonna substitute Fanta with water, but that's just one occasional day. It doesn't happen every day, so that's funny as it is. But yeah, um, don't do that. Do not try this at home. It comes with a warning. However, I didn't grow up with these inclinations to word heavy 
mass-produced fast food. I was pretty much a home-fed person like your average kid. And in my house, there was this very balanced ratio of meat and vegetables. And obviously, I hated vegetables. I am not a veggie person. And this is in no way offensive to anybody who's a vegetarian or a vegan. I don't, by all means, say, don't do what you're doing. Go ahead. Good for you. Whatever works for you. But you know what? We all have our own food philosophies. I am Muslim and often one thing I've read and heard online and the hate that unfortunately Islam gets is that, oh, you're killing animals. It's not just Muslims that kill animals. And first of all, we don't kill, kill animals. The way to um, even butcher them is very dignified in terms of them receiving pain. And I'm not particular because there is no there's no win-win in this argument of what's right what's wrong should you be vegan should you not be vegan you know animals have feelings of course they do yeah back when i was little it broke my heart watching a goat get slaughtered i wouldn't be there i mean it's very normal to feel that way it's very natural to feel that way but you know what grow up grow up i literally have two words for anybody that will be against this idea of eating meat i'm not saying you're wrong but if you call me wrong for eating meat or being a carnivore, I have to say, grow up. The world doesn't work that way. The human body doesn't work that way. There are enough scientific facts and data that are both pro-vegan and that are both against vegan and vegetarianism. The reason being is that entirely... I mean, let's just start with the basic fact. The basic fact is that the iron that you receive from plant-based sources is not entirely absorbed by your body. It's called heim iron that has the heim around it. And so your body has to work hard to break that. And sometimes it doesn't and sometimes it just doesn't. But the iron you take from animal sources, such as beef, is directly absorbed by your body, which means you absorb more, which means you have less chances of an iron deficiency provided you're eating regular iron sources from animals and your other possible iron energy-based sources which does include having multivitamins and i'm totally for them um so that being said we're scientifically if you ask me no we don't know exactly what's right one day you hear sugar is bad the next day you hear meat is over processed don't have it then you hear okay, you should go back to something called the paleo diet, the paleolithic diet, which is exactly how you have the word paleo come from, because paleolithic people, we know who they were, the first of many, and they were unlike the neolithic, so they didn't have wheat, they simply survived on animals and hunting. So, should you go paleo? Should you go keto? Because even keto has butters and fats and a lot of meat, a lot of animal fats. And you have alternative versions of vegan keto, vegetarian keto. The whole thing is so confusing because I remember back when, around five years ago, um, five to seven years ago, when I started researching on food, which I did a lot, it was a little less confusing. Or conflicting over the years the information has grown with an influx you have so many types of diets from the abc to the blood group to the glycemic index diet that's called the um yeah gi diet 
the gluten-free diet, the GMO diet, the color diet, where you have rainbow colors for seven days a week. It's, I'm sorry, it's just really funny. You have um, all foods that look red one day and then yellow and then green, which it sounds crazy. Why would you be eating like that? Anyway, it's funny as it is, but the million types of diets you have right now, it's very difficult to find scientific data behind all of them and mostly they don't have enough research which means enough trials which means enough trials on enough ethnicities which is entirely missing they may have been tested out on a few number of white people or um, subcategories of ethnic groups but not entirely for all ethnicities how do i know that the glycemic index diet is okay for a south asian woman like me I know when I say this, people are going to be laughing. Oh, you don't look South Asian. I get that. Fine. But you know what? I am just as ethnic as any other South Asian is that's grown up in the region because I've grown up here as well and I do share South Asian DNA. Um, No, I'm just, I get a little emotional at that because I've often been told I don't look South Asian enough, but it doesn't matter because you have DNA. So, you, you know, you are South Asian either way. And that will eventually bring me to a solution that I've figured out probably now in my life as well. And as everybody knows, I record this podcast on my phone. My phone gets um, locked, so I've got to open it up and see. But my glitches aside, really, uh, growing up, this it wasn't that easy. And I remember that, obviously, as you grow up, your body morphs into... A different shape and you're gaining weight or you're losing weight you're getting skinnier in some regions and you're getting less skinnier in the others and that's okay and that's how it works for all human beings for all races pretty much right and that's the first time our relationship with food is questioned okay you're getting fat what's wrong with you and you're not really fat but somebody will just call you out fat out of the blue randomly and it you're at a vulnerable age where that term may stick in your mind and it may not be healthy for you to even think that way but you know you don't know any better at that age at that age you just want to conform your desire to conform is so huge that your desire to rebel or your desire to be your own person with your own agency your own agenda is not that strong so you'll probably be like oh okay am i fat should i eat less ice cream today well for me it was like okay, I'm getting a little chubby or not. I'm not sure. I think I look fine. It was so conflicting growing up. I can remember now, clearly. So it was like, maybe I shouldn't have that 9 p.m. pack of lace that I have every day. It's just, it's funny now. And maybe I should have more sour candy because I was hooked to sour candy. Still am though. But further growing up, I, um, the, a lot of people you grew up with, right? girls around me were getting skinnier by the day and i didn't know why because i was perfectly happy with the way i looked like my body image was i was perfectly in sync with it i liked what i looked like i can't remember a time i didn't and i did not see that with my peers i saw them looking tinier and tinier and again not being happy it was always like oh i look the first time i heard somebody say i look fat while they look perfectly nice was an older cousin and she was at a wedding and she looked so beautiful 
And I remember her talking to her friends saying, oh, I look fat. And I'm like, no, you don't. The little me's like, no, you look so pretty. No, no, no don't call yourself fat. She's like, you don't know. Well, what was it that I didn't know? There was probably something I didn't know. And I agree with her now. Because this happened to my friends. And they were like, I look fat. And here they were in size two jeans probably complaining they look fat and i didn't know why they look fat i couldn't my head could not understand because hell no i did not wear size two jeans just for anybody who wants to know while growing up i was definitely not a size two probably size four six four six maybe that's a u.s size four six but not a size two i can't recall being a size two probably a size two in grade eight maximum not after that it was a size 4, size 6, and that was fine. I liked what I looked like. Um, it has nothing to do with how tall you are. Oh, because tall people don't look fat. No, it's not that. Everybody has a different bone structure. And I've had wider bones, bigger bones, which means that my body will weigh more of bones than it will of anything else. So you can't compare me with somebody else even that's got the same height as me with different bone structures. So, so many things come into play with the way we look like. And when we're growing up, we don't understand any of these things. And we're so easy, easily subject to any sort of body hate that'll eventually form body dysmorphia. That can then trigger various eating disorders. And I don't know why nobody really talks about this in South Asia. It's rather discussed very poorly. But so many women, and probably men too, suffer from both body dysmorphia and eventually eating disorders where they're either binging on food or they're starving themselves. And while we may not have full-blown cases of anorexia nervosa or bulimia nervosa, but they do exist. The numbers can be disputed. But they're right here under our noses and we don't even want to talk about them. We just like saying, oh, you know, she's she's really smart. She's so well-maintained. He's so well-maintained. He takes care of himself, but maybe he is starving as well. Maybe she is starving as well. And maybe they're not, even, and even if they're not starving, that's not the point. The point is if they don't like what they look like, there is a problem and we need to talk about it. And there is not enough body positive role models in our country. A few women have taken the initiative to speed up things and talk about these things and have a public presence of course we should all be thankful to them for that but not everybody has now the solution again growing up you know you you look a certain way and you want to sort of change change it sometimes a little bit you you want to lose a little weight and that's okay if you think you've gained a little weight it's it's not wrong to want to lose weight i want to disassociate the negativity that comes with people saying i want to lose weight no it's okay if somebody is not happy and if it's affecting them in some way and they want to make a healthier change in their life and if because that happened to me i was eating outside every day every single day of a certain time i was literally eating outside and i didn't become fat but i probably put on a few kilos and that's okay now I wanted to go back to how I look like. So the first thing you do is you Google everything. That's what we've been, you know, fed. <laughs> Google everything. And so when I Googled things, I found a bunch of diets. There was the blood type diet. There was the GMO diet. There were so many of them. I can't even recall. But then I was brainwashed reading those things that 
my food should be healthy so it has to be made without oil um south asian food is not healthy because it's too spicy it has salt and salt will cause water retention um my dessert has too much sugar and sugar is this big bad boy of all western research for cancer for food and i don't know the list is so long heart disease you name it even osteoporosis has been linked with sugar and brain decay as well see the list keeps growing so for me the idea suddenly became that my home country and the food that we're making is not good enough for me I can't look a certain way if I uh get back to eating my gluten roti right because my my whole wheat roti suddenly became notorious because it had gluten in it and that's a joke right now because it's so far from the truth to anybody hearing roti does not make you fat and you should never give up roti and I gave up roti because I was like this has wheat wheat is carbs and then carbs turn into fats and so i'm not going to have roti no i'm probably not going to eat roti at all i'm going to have a very clean diet i'm going to have grilled chicken breast i'm going to have a, a little bit of a salad on the side but okay this is something good about the western culture which is primarily the greek culture and it's not entirely western now that i know better it comes from the mediterranean belt and turkey is a big part of it the turkish cuisine is extremely healthy they just literally eat a lot of meat which is not overly processed the doner kebab is such a nice if you see how it's made that meat is aged 2 days it's sliced off slowly and it's full of nutrients literally and then you have some sort of salad with it and you know things like hummus and baba ghanoush they're all so good for you and um wine leaf wrapped foods they've got there and this makes me crave all the lebanese food i've had so bad and the last time i had lebanese food was in dubai i haven't had lebanese food since and it's the nicest food in the world literally and the entire belt has very similar food whether it's um iran whether it's um saudi arabia or the middle east or palestine They've all got this incredible Mediterranean food kick and spices like za'atar. Shout out to za'atar lovers. I got Okay, I'm getting super nostalgic. So I'm going to stop talking about this. But we did have a lack of uh, fresh vegetables in our diet from South Asia. I'm going to call out the bad the way it is. So, we were used to eating cooked vegetables. That's that's for sure. And there was no space for nearly raw veggies in our diet. So we were not people that have salad. We have raita, we have salad that is like onions and tomatoes and cucumbers but not really lettuce and greens like broccoli and asparagus and rocket leaves and artichoke. So many greens that we don't include to be honest. And even uh Chinese food has comparatively more vegetables than we do because their asian salads are full of coleslaw and beetroot and broccoli and so many more things um spring onions <laughs> uh but really this was what our diet lacked but i was brainwashed into i would say the colonized culture one more time 
thinking that all these things that I'm having in my diet are bad for me and they're not going to help me even look nice, leave alone look fit or healthy or lose weight and I'm not going to be able to lose weight so I have to give up my entire culture. Now I've grown up on spices. I've grown up on rice. I've grown up on dal, that's lentils. And my favorite food all my life was dal chawal. I love it, literally. I don't know who doesn't. It's okay, I'm not going to judge you if you don't like it. But I love dal chawal. I love my curry. I love my rice. I love my pakore. I love all of that. And that's probably the only two vegetarian dishes that I like. I like curry pakore with rice. And I love dal with chawal. But more than that, I'm not a vegetable person at all. So I'm going to have biryani, but yeah, that, that's as far as it gets. But I'm going to have vegetables and my meat, which is a perfect balance of how you should be eating right now. So I gave up my cuisine for years, literally. And my diet was extra clean. And I was never starving myself. I just want to make that very clear. Of course, there, there are days you have a lot of work. There are days you come back very tired. There are days you only have one meal accidentally. That's not nice. That's not good. I'm not promoting that. Please don't do that. But it's very difficult to sometimes work alongside your goals and be well-fed. When I make friends, it's very basic, this question that, have you had your food? I know we associate it with things such as interpersonal relationships. Oh, have you eaten? But no, really, I ask my friends that all the time. Wait, have you eaten? Have you eaten? Like, tell me, have you eaten? And I've seen everybody is so negligent with their food irrespective of gender whenever you're gonna ask someone have they eaten no i forgot um yeah i have but it wasn't proper you're never gonna get a straight reply that yes i've eaten my three meals i've eaten my four meals i've eaten my six meals no it's like i forgot and if you ask me i'm like (laughs) thank you for reminding me let me go get my food so it's because we are struck with life you know We've got to get to places and get our work done on time and so many things in the middle of it. So that's that. But more than that, um, I've had days where I wasn't able to know better where how much I could eat, what I could eat, how little I could eat, what I couldn't eat. Until one day, specifically in the last one year, I've really made peace with food. And it's really funny. It's it's ironic that people will be asking me this entire year. How did you get so tiny? How did you lose your weight? I did not mean to lose my weight. To be very honest, I was happy with the way I looked like. With, you know, years of having, uh, being judged uh, for being a, you know, woman with certain responsibilities. You are subject to certain societal constraints. I will look a certain way. Even though nobody really put them on me, but you know, in your head, you see that, okay, because all your friends want to look skinny, so you want to look skinny, and you become obsessed with this idea of trying to look tiny. It's very normal, and it happens to a lot of them, and I think it's okay to talk about it at this point. But then I was just done with it, so for a while I didn't give a crap about it, and I couldn't be bothered about it, and I was happy with whatever I looked like, because really, you make peace with it. You just, the way, as you grow up, I think you make peace with it. That's what happened to me. As I grew up, I completely became fine with whatever I looked like. Now, here's what happened. One year into the making of who I am now, I started walking a lot more. Every day, 
when I was checking my phone, I was accidentally walking 6,000, 5,000, 4,000 steps. And that's not a lot of steps. People walk like 7,000. But I, for me, for my frame, for my height, for whoever I was, I was walking. And I hadn't walked in what seemed like a very long time. And so wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you do, walk. Literally, it's a game changer. My vision became sharper everything changed guys it's one simple thing that i did i was just walking more that's all i did and i know people don't believe me they're like oh what that i'm not on a diet there is no diet you listen to your body uh, and i think the first time i heard somebody said that was on an oprah winfrey show a long time ago and i didn't believe that i was like how can you listen to your body how do you know but you do um, when your instinct gets sharper, the more you are at peace with yourself, the more you let go of things in life. You you start understanding there's somebody with you. And you know who that is? That's yourself. When you talk to yourself, when you know yourself, that's when your body starts talking back to you. That, okay, well, you know, it's fine if it's 3 a.m. and you want to grab a chocolate or a sundae or something. You get it. It's fine. And then the next day you don't want it. And that's okay, too. So I knew when I was fed, I knew when I wasn't fed, I knew when I was thirsty, and I knew when I didn't need to even drink eight glasses of water, although you should, and research says so you should, but sometimes I felt it was too much for me. I felt like I didn't need eight glasses. I don't, I don't know if, should everybody have eight glasses? Should all people of all heights and frames have them? Because we're not uniform with our weight and our height, so I don't know how the math works there. But I listened to myself a lot more than I ever did in my life before. And so, the one change that I made was, I realized that I'm born in South Asia. I've grown up eating food from this region. I have spicy food, and I love spicy food. Because the one thing my mom did was, most mothers don't do it, and no judging them, and no judging mothers that don't do it. You know your child better. It certainly worked out for me. She never made this distinction that, okay, my kids are having food, so I'm going to make it less spicy for them. It was always the same spice level as everybody else. So as a consequence, my level of spice threshold is very high. So what's really spicy for somebody else is like very normal for me. And that's fine because that means I am probably more resistant to spices and that's okay. I know people that don't like spicy food that can't have spicy food. And there's so many people like that. So it's really about how you've grown up and there's no judgment for that. Like it's totally fine whatever you like and what you have, whatever you can conform to. So coming to my 2020 changes. I started walking insanely and it was so much fun. And more than walking, I started eating right, which meant that I was going to stick to home cooked organic food every day of my life. I couldn't give a crap about the amount of oil that was being poured into my food because I've been brainwashed into thinking, oh, South Asian food has so much oil, it's so unhealthy for you. Yeah, sometimes I get it, but mostly, no. We've grown up on that oil. It's okay to have it. Your body needs oil. Your body needs these fats. And it needs them every single day. And unless until you're not providing them with these, uh, you're providing it with these fats, it's going to find a way to scrape off some nutrient within your body that can then lead to a deficiency. It could be iron, calcium, vitamin D, you name it. 
body aches, you've got it. And in this year of pandemic happening, I didn't want to compromise in my health even for a minute. And yeah, for real. So I went back to home cooked food, which is a lot of dal with the desi ghee tarka. So I think right now the whole world is familiar with ghee and I'm so happy I don't have to explain myself in this podcast of what ghee is because ghee is commercially available in every international location. So desi means home base, desi, from des, the word des means your home country. And desi ghee it is on my dal. I love it. I can't have dal without desi ghee or without a, a slob of butter which is churned from organic milk, if I can find it. If not, I go with the industrial kind, provided it's not margarine, avoid that. Nothing fake. No low-fat oil, no low-fat anything, guys. Quit the low-fat in your life. Cut that out. That's literally chemicals and cornstarch. So, started with dal. (laughs) And then it went on to lots and lots and lots of barbecue. I've started liking barbecue. I found it really boring in my life before, but now I'm a big barbecue person. Anywhere we go, I love having barbecue. It's so good for you. You, And you can never get fat on barbecue. Literally, here's a big secret. Have all the barbecue in the world. You're not going to get fat, provided you walk. I'm not even saying do a hardcore exercise like cardio or whatever or Pilates or any of that. I mean, if you like it, go ahead, but don't do it to change yourself. Just start walking. That's all I did. And my inches started coming off. Not because I wanted them to, but they just started coming off. And I couldn't do something about it. In fact, there came a time where I had, I really wanted it to stop. I didn't want to be tinier than than what I am. And so right now it's been a little hard to fight that, you know, It's been a little difficult to maintain not getting tinier because the more I was walking and the more food I was having, I still kept getting tinier. (laughs) I know it sounds crazy, but try it. And I, I believe transformation starts with the now. When you're okay with who you are right now, you're like comfortable being who you are in the present moment. And I was. I was totally happy with who I was on, let's say, January 1st of 2020, mid 2020 September 2020 I was okay with who I was really I had no issues I was happy I was comfortable I just wanted to get better and in that journey I got better on my own and this is the only secret I have for the whole wide world that literally get back to wherever you're from whether from you're from Czechoslovakia or Serbia or Montenegro or Belfast start having your home food Start eating food that you grew up on. Start eating food that your ancestors made. And it was really good. It was pure. Try and achieve that if you can. Because that way you're going to be aligned with the person you are. And you're going to maintain that desi element to yourself. I hope all my international listeners get this word desi going. Because desi is a beautiful word. It's all about where you're from every country is called a des and so I, I mean i think just talking about the word desi makes me feel so happy and so warm and fuzzy inside because i love the word 
And so there are a million things that are associated with the word desi. Um, my home dress, for example, which is shalwar kameez, is exactly meant for my country's weather. Denim is not. Uh, albeit, I do wear it sometimes. But I've been conformed into wearing it as well. It's not meant for the temperature here. I don't know why we're wearing it sometimes. Although, of course, it's morphed into so many types, which makes it okay for us to wear lighter versions of it now that are friendly for this weather. But what I'm watching right now is that because there's so much plastic in the world that they've started making polyester t-shirts from plastic and that polyester then gets shipped here to our region. And polyester, do we need it? Do we need nylon shirts? They're, I mean, I can't. I personally can't breathe through them. Perhaps for a certain sportswear day, but even for that, I feel it's too much for our country and our weather and our region in general. So getting back to your basic everyday food at home is all you need to do. And you eat till you feel full. Not too much, not too little, right in the middle. And there's no way you're getting fat. And if you're walking, you might as well get tinier. But it's not about looking tiny. It's not about looking big. It's literally about being okay with who you are. As long as there's nothing wrong with you. Nothing that is dangerous to your health. That is a red flag. You look out for that. And that does require intervention of some sort. And again, I am not a doctor or a certified nutritionist talking about these things. This is simply what I felt helped me. Or what I felt can help people. And I hope it helps them. And it's a lot about your mindset too. When we think, when we're having food, sometimes, for example, if you're having a slice of cheesecake, you might be like, oh my God, I feel so bad for having it. No, you're not bad for having it. And no, you will not gain weight for having a cheesecake slice. Stop thinking that way. When you have a certain mindset, there is no way on earth it'll not come true. It does come true. But if you believe, even if you lie to yourself, fake it till you make it, that it's, nothing's going to happen to me, I'm going to be fine. Nothing will happen eventually. Eventually, you will make peace with that up and down. Even if you go through one, you're going to be okay with having a life that is not consistent. If our lives are not consistent, our weights cannot be, guys. I don't know whose is, but really, nobody has the same every day. The same life every day, the same day every day. So you've got to make peace with that little itty-bitty change happening. And I know I've been MIA for a lot of uh, the new year, but it's simply because I was waiting to come up with something that I could talk about so passionately without thinking, without editing this, so I don't like doing that, without having any breaks in the middle, and something that was very authentic and close to my heart. And we're going to follow this up entirely. I'm not done talking about food just yet. I'm only learning about so many types of herbs that are available in this region. One that I came across was ashwagandha, and it's now available pretty much everywhere. You have this powders uh, in grocery stores, and it's I think it's a game changer. Really, it is, um, as well as a few other local brands that I'd love to talk about, but probably in another episode. But yeah, the idea is to go organic, go as close to your roots as you can, and work on listening to yourself. You will know when you're fed. You will know when you want to be fed more, and that's okay as well. Some days you want to be eating even though you feel full. Because maybe you're trying to fill 
some other part of you and that part could be happiness you're excited you want to celebrate you want to eat more you're feeling a little down you want to eat more you're feeling a little bored you want to eat more there can be a million reasons for eating more but you've got to know the reasons a lot of us is emotional and people don't understand this when i talk about this they're like oh no emotions don't dictate everything but they do they will dictate how much you want to eat they will dictate everything your portion control to when you want to stop eating so you've got to be in touch with yourself you've got to center down core down shut your phone for a week or two and that's fine it's totally okay to want to just focus on you because you know what you come first and when you come first only then can you have the potential for helping everybody else out if you don't have yourself figured out and you know you can never have yourself figured out too much but food can get you there really it can every time i have food that is good and whole and full of desi ghee i wake up a different person believe me i feel like i'm made of water or something literally i'm i'm that alive in that moment so food is a powerful powerful mechanism it's a powerhouse of nutrients never compromise it and never go for research that is not done in your home country we don't know the research out there might be okay for someone but it's not okay for you necessarily and even i mean i hate to say it the knowledge is so disputed that i mean doctors grew up in books called gray's anatomy there is no south asian anatomy our bones are different our skulls are different our jaw structures are different a lot of us are different in so many ways i don't see that representation anywhere um why is it that i can have spicy food and somebody from the north america or the northern continents of the world cannot have it these things need to be looked forward to and only then can research be a little equal when all parts of the world are studied in depth but i know that's just me being my utopic self and talking because i understand that it's not that easy it's easier said than done but i guess here's food for thought and with that i'm going to sign off wishing everybody a very happy food journey one where you're comfortable with your body your image the way you look like your happiness is not subject to dysmorphia or any any bad sort of relationships with food i hope you work on them and if you're going through one you always can you know reach out to somebody and talk to somebody proper and somebody certified to help you get through those goals um i th- think we're going to approach the weekend real soon after 6 days so happy pre weekend everybody <laughs>